Today, I'm going to talk about Jesus being the light of the world and how we're the light of the world. Um, I'm so thankful that in this dark world and in the darkness that we struggle with, Jesus is the light of the world that overcomes darkness. And that when we're following Jesus, we become light that overcomes darkness too. It's not a hopeless darkness. It's a darkness that is defeated by the light of Jesus that lives in each and every one of you. Um, I'm going to look at John chapter one. I'm going to look at a several chap or several parts of the Bible. The first one we're going to look at is John one, four and five, and then verse nine. And it says in him was life. And this is talking about Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's Bibles there on the table, if anybody wants them. I'll read them all, too, if, if you don't want to look at them. So the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Sometimes does it feel like the darkness in the world overcomes the light? Does anybody else feel like that? Like things feel really big and really heavy and really dark and it may be kind of hopeless. Well, this right here gives me hope that the light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome it. And then in verse six, it says there was a man. Uh, wait, no, go back, go down to verse nine. The true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So the true light, which is Jesus, which gives light to everyone, which you guys are included in the everyone, right? He came into the world. I was um, doing a little bit of study on where the places in the Bible where Jesus said he's the light. And I was a little bit surprised by some of the places because it's things that I have overlooked and maybe lost the part of light in the greater context of the story. And it was kind of refreshing. And I'm gonna share some of those with you. Um, you guys remember, and if you don't remember, if you don't have never heard this story, that's okay. But I'm going to paraphrase part of it, and then I'll read. We're going to be in John chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. And Jesus was teaching, and the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman to him who was caught in adultery. So she was caught doing something she wasn't supposed to do. I want to note right here that they didn't drag the man in. There had to have been a man involved, right? But they just drug the woman in, that she was caught in adultery. And they placed her in front of Jesus and said, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They were trying to trap him. This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Can you guys imagine being that woman? You know, you just got drug into in front of all these important religious people and you're probably really exposed because, you know, you were caught in adultery. Who knows if they gave you time to put your clothes on? I mean, for real exposed physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and they were going to straight up kill you for it. 
They were saying, look, Jesus, you know, and this lady was caught in sin and our law says you have to throw rocks at her until she dies. Okay, that's where this lady was. And Jesus, you know, like I just said, wrote something on the ground and one by one, the men left, starting with the older ones. And Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? That must have been like the most amazing, incredible thing for that woman. I think I felt like that woman sometimes where I'm being condemned. And maybe some of you have felt that way where you feel like everybody's against you. And maybe people look at you like you're the dirt of the earth or that you've screwed up too bad. And there's no coming back for that. And what does Jesus say? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, sin no more. And now here's the light part. So for some reason, I never caught this. Again, Jesus spoke saying, I am the light of the world. So when the lady was brought in, it was before a big crowd of people, right? The condemners walked away. Well, there's still people there. And he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So he just walks away from condemning this woman and he refers to himself as the light of the world. Um, that's, that's really big. That means that light isn't condemning. Like Jesus's light isn't meant to shine on your sin and illuminate your sin so that everybody can see what you've done wrong. But Jesus's light shines on grace and forgiveness and that takes away shame. And that takes away the bondage of sin. And he says, sin no more, not because he's shaking a finger at us, sin no more. He says that because he doesn't want us to be hurt. He doesn't want us to be hurt by the things that, that were hurting us before, right? He doesn't want us to be drugged into a circle of people condemning us. Um, woman, let's see here. So he said, Right after Jesus made a point not to condemn the woman, he calls himself the light. He doesn't shine his light on the lady's sins and shame, although he tells her she is free to sin no more. As soon as I start talking, it won't, it won't blow its horn again. Jesus shines his light on the forgiveness that he's offering her. And Jesus shines his light on the forgiveness he's offering us too. We don't have to start from a place of brokenness, even if we've been broken, because Jesus gives us a fresh start every single minute of every single day. The enemy tries to tell us that all the bad things we've done to keep us in shame, because shame is like trying to walk through like the stickiest, muddiest swamp. We don't get very far, very fast like that. And sometimes we sink in that shame. But the light of Jesus shines forgiveness and shines love and um takes away the condemnation um so bob has been teaching us out of john 9 if some of you guys were here where jesus was on the run and he stopped for a blind man does anybody remember that stops for a blind man and spits in the dirt and like mixes his spit with mud and sticks it in the guy's eyes <laughs> that's it is gross but it's so crazy because um, 
it really shows that Jesus does stuff unconventionally sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, he was, Bob said he was on the run. He didn't have time to go to the pharmacy. <laughs> so he's just like, <laughs> anyway. So Bob's been teaching us out of John 9, where Jesus defies all the religious leaders. And while he's on the run, he stops to heal a blind man, spits on the ground, mixing it with mud, and heals the man's sight by putting the mud in his eyes and telling him to go wash it off. Something stuck out to me while I was reading this. Right before he heals the man who was in total darkness because of being blind from birth, in John 9, 5, he says this. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Isn't that cool? So he talks about being the light when he's taking off condemnation and shame. He talks about being the light when he's healing people. And, you know, he healed this guy physically, but he also heals people spiritually who are spiritually blind. As long as I am the light of the world, or as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He's shining his light to others by healing this man. And that was bringing literal light to this man's darkness. So as long as Jesus is in the world, he's the light of the world. Does that mean that um, since Jesus went back to the father, that he, the light is no longer in the world? You guys think? No way. Because look at what he says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. This is what Jesus said, red letters, guys. That means like Jesus spoke it. <laughs> Some Bibles have red letters where Jesus is talking. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Jesus is still in the world because you guys are in the world. The world needs you. He, the world needs us to shine Jesus's light because remember that darkness, that, that staggering, stifling, suffocating darkness that we feel sometimes? The cure to that is the light of Jesus, and he's giving it to us right here. And in the Bible, it just says he talks to the crowds. So right here where he says, you are the light of the world, he's talking to the crowds, and we're included in that crowds, guys. Um, so Jesus calls himself the light of the world, but then calls his followers the light of the world, too. We're carriers of Jesus's light. What are some of the things that we can do with Jesus's light? You guys have any ideas? Shine it. Yeah, that's right. Shine it. And that could look different in different situations, right? One of the most, well, one beautiful thing about following Jesus is there's not like a list of how you're supposed to do it, right? He spit in the mud and put it in someone's eyes. <laughs> That's probably not on the list of healing, you know, somewhere. I don't know that I would have the guts to do that, <laughs> but um, we shine his light in all different ways. We shine his light in being who he's created us to be. Looking at the example of Jesus from the time he kept the people from stoning the lady 
how can we shine his light? How, how, like, if we look at that example of when he, you know, saved the lady from being stoned, from being murdered by these people, Robin? Yeah, can you say that one more time? Yeah, love past her actions. Who here needs to be loved past our actions? I do. I don't want people to love me based on what I've done and not done and all the times I've screwed up. That would really suck. Nobody would be, you know, worthy of love if we go by that. Good thing Jesus isn't like that, right? So we can shine Jesus's light by um, walking in love and not judgment and condemnation of people. To walk in Jesus's light doesn't mean to shine that light on people's faults and shine it on their shortcomings. People already know about where they fall short. If we follow Jesus's example, we shine the light back to Jesus, to his forgiveness, to his freedom from sin, and it leads to new life without shame or condemnation. When we shine light on them in a way that sets them free from shame, they see themselves in a new and different way in the light of Jesus. So I need that too. This isn't just for like other people. This is for us. When the light of Jesus shines in and through us, it, we get to see ourselves in a new way, see ourselves in a way that's redeemed. That means that we're no longer like held, like held captive by the things that we've done. We're forgiven and that shame can go to hell. Okay. It can, and it does. And the judgment can go to hell too. Maybe not the judgy people, but the judgment they're honestly they're that's what hell is for the shame learning from the example of jesus when he called himself light of the world right before he spit in the mud and healed the guy's eyes how can we be light so what can we do like practically to shine god's light to people do you guys have any ideas Yeah, go where there's darkness and bring light. We've been doing Bible study. We do one Bible study on Wednesdays at the church building because we want our presence here, right? But we then we do a Bible study like outside of the church. And we've been doing it by the river in Mount Vernon. It's been really good. It's been awesome. We've gotten to connect with people that maybe don't know that we're having a Bible study or wouldn't really feel comfortable coming to a church. And we got to eat tacos, Linda said, totally yeah so um going to the places where it's dark is really good gracie we can pray for people right and pray for each other we can stop for the one sometimes it feels like shining jesus's light needs to be like this huge thing and you don't really like feel over or maybe that's just me feel overwhelmed like how can i show all these people jesus's love and light really we just have to stop for the one the one in front of us the person that god highlights you ever get a feeling like you're somewhere and you're like oh man you're like you have a heart for a person there you don't really know what to do well just talk to them tell them god loves them you know follow god's leading just stop for the one don't be afraid to be weird if that's what god's calling you to do because jesus did some super weird stuff <laughs> be bold yes robin thanks be bold for jesus Sometimes though, shining the light of Jesus to the world has a heavy cost. Sometimes we have to put ourselves out there to shine Jesus's light, right? And that's okay. That's all right. 
There are people walking in darkness physically and spiritually. If we know Jesus, we have the light of life, and we can call people out of darkness by bringing them to the light of Jesus. And we want to be the light of Jesus to people who don't know him or his love. But guys, we want to be the light of Jesus to each other too. Because even if we know Jesus, sometimes we can feel really beat up and really down. And we need each other to relight that flame. Life is hard and it's harder to go at it alone. We need each other. We need each other to shine the light for us and on us when we're walking through the darkness. We need each other to remind each other that of Jesus's light, right? That the darkness can't overtake you because Jesus's light is more strong. Darkness doesn't argue with light. You guys notice that when you flip on a light switch, the darkness leaves. It doesn't like fight with the light. It just goes. That's how Jesus's light is in the darkness. You know, we can bring Jesus's light everywhere we're going and share it with each other. I have a little exercise, like a little illustration to do with some lighters. I don't know if it's going to work out here, <laughs> but I'm going to try it anyways, because I'm not afraid to be weird for Jesus. <laughs> I need three helpers. I need like, uh, Chucky, will you be Jesus? And Jason, will you come help me? You want to know what you're going to do? You're just going to light a lighter. That's all you're going to do. Okay. Hey, Bob, will you come help me with one? Okay. I know, I know it's windy. That's why this might not work. Okay. Okay, don't light it quite yet. Okay. Will you stand next to Jason on the other side? Hold on just a second. Look out, look out. Inside, this would have worked really good, guys. <laughs> but you know, we're outside. So, anyways. So, like I said, hold on. You want to bring that speaker closer <laughs> so I don't drag it? Because that is something that I could do. Um, so, life is hard, right? So, Chucky is Jesus. Jesus, your light doesn't go out. Okay, well, it, it goes out in the wind, but we're going to pretend that his lighter doesn't go out. Here, Jesus, hold on. I stole that idea. <laughs> I did. Let's, I have a torch. You can use the torch. Oh, yeah, all right. Why do you not always place the torch? For the illustration. Uh -huh. Grace is all that for me. I can't tell when the flame's on. It's on. Yeah, okay, yeah. here. I'll give you two lights because you're Jesus. Okay, Chucky? Okay, you guys, hold your lighter out. Okay? So Jason, life is hard sometimes, right? There's all kinds of crap that we walk through. I'm not, this isn't specifically, I don't know what Jason's fully gone through. So I'm just gonna, and same with Ernest. I'm gonna name some stuff. I'm not like saying what they're going through. I'm just kind of like making it up as stuff that people go through. Cause I don't want them to feel ashamed or embarrassed. <laughs> so this is like the world, right? There's addiction. There's an accident. There's childhood abuse. There's pain and hurt. Can you light your lighter now? Oh, my flint's wet. Yeah. But wait a minute. Here comes Jesus. There it goes. 
Look at that. Well, if he holds his hand there, yeah. you get the idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. now Jason has, you might want to hand him the torch, Jesus, just in case, since it's windy and his flint's wet. <laughs> now Jason has the light of Jesus. Okay. And now Ernest is walking through life. Let me see your lighter, Ernest. He's walking through life and life is hard. Maybe foster care, drugs and alcohol. Uh, what else? Incarceration. That's a big one. Incarceration, abuse, trauma. You know? Okay. Now his light. Where's his light? Right here. Yeah. So he's not Jesus. Look at. So I know that seems silly, guys, but it's so real. Okay. And my lighter today is. Yeah. So my lighter today was completely wet and just being here with you guys and like the collective light of Jesus from you guys has totally relit me. And we need to remember that when Jesus gives us that light, we have it to pass along to others because we're going through some hard things and we don't know what people are facing, but we know the remedy, which is Jesus. Okay. So um, if anybody needs prayer, I'm sure Bob and Gracie and I'll pray for you guys. If we need our light relit or you need some encouragement um, after communion, come on up and ask for prayer and we'll pray for you and your lighter will be lit again. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, thank you. So did that illustration make yeah. sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks guys.